Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With with me, like always, Rick and Jill. Today, Jill is in the studio. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Nice to have you here. And Rick is on the phone with us from somewhere out of town. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Pretty good. You're uh, watching some hockey, right? Yeah, I was in Nashville uh, watching the uh, Jenna Pats, former Connor Bernard. And uh, watching them play the Predators here in uh, in Nashville, and taking in some music, and did some hikes in some of the hills and mountains around here, and so it was uh, it was fun. That's cool. Pretty green around Nashville right now. Nope, it's uh, all the all the leaves are off the trees, and uh, it's it's fall. It's 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 warmer than Saskatoon and Regina and Saskatchewan, but it's uh, it's still it still can be cool at night. You need a jacket. So in Nashville, they say it's fall, y'all, right? It's fall, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> y'all, y'all fall. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. one 332 8255 That's the number you can call to get in on the conversation. You can call us, like Rick is on the phone. You can text us as well. And we wanted to start with this, because we're going to get to a text from Bernie in a moment. That's perfect timing. But it's very interesting, Rick, because and Jill, because the the temperatures around here are crazy warm for this time of year. You know, we have no snow in the central part of Saskatchewan. I know kind of way up north, there's still some snow down south. So I know it's not, you know, a, totally the same everywhere. But on the, on the whole, it's been pretty warm. Uh, in Saskatoon, we've still got plus temperatures, like 10 degrees today yeah. is the forecast. In Regina, it's 7. But then throughout this week, we're finally going to see temperatures sort of on the, the, the highs be below zero. Yeah, like minus 3 Wednesday, minus 7, minus 2, minus 1. And it actually, it's... It sort of stays in the negatives after that. So Right. Yeah. But it's been really warm up until now. We've yeah. got like five weeks till Christmas. So this is kind of feels weird, you know? It feels very weird. And I, I see people, more people are out and about. People are still taking apart their, their gardens, taking out their pots, composting, all of those types of things. Even in the garden center, um, the floral foam, like we usually sell a lot of Christmas greens to make your pots. Yep. And uh, we've been selling so much more floral foam because you have to keep those um, those plants hydrated during these warm days too. So um, they stick them into the into the soil. Sometimes the soil's not being watered enough, but that floral foam is going to just keep it extra hydrated so that uh, they'll last really quite quite a long time. Or even just going out and misting quite often too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hydrating those greens is really important. Right, right. That's sort of. But we're, I mean, you know, we can still do some pruning, right, Rick? We can get out and do that right now if it's still warm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful time to do pruning right now. Uh, just yeah, anything you can prune out there, except for your maples and birches and pine trees, leave those alone till next summer. But all the rest of the trees, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's such a beautiful weather out there. It's a good time to do a lot of pruning. It's kind of it's ex- extended our cleanup time too, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Because I find that's the problem for me is like, you know, you kind of get the lawn cleaned up, maybe some leaves raked, but then more still kind of come down than it snows, then they're, they're under there. They're stuck. But I've seen a lot of people being able to actually clean up the yard for winter so that it's, there isn't leaves all over the place, all over the lawn, which is nice. Um, one of the, one of the moms at hockey yesterday was mentioning, I'm sending my boys out to rake the leaves again. They're yep. not too happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. So let's go to the text line. Sorry, just make sure you bag those leaves, though, Jay, and 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 get keep them because if we get some cold weather, like a few days ago, they were predicting minus fifteen by Wednesday. So right, and we start getting around those kind of temperatures with no snow. You're going to need those leaves to protect a lot of your your perennials and some of your more tender hydrangeas and those kind of shrubs. And so make sure you hang on to those leaves, and uh, you might have to use them. Uh Oh, Rick might have just disappeared on us. 
I'm there, so. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect. Uh, So let's go to the text line, 1-877-332-8255. This is from Bernie. So she says she just bought Wilt Proof. That's that product we we talked about before. Making a wreath from cedar and pine boughs. The directions say to spray it to run off, then let it dry. Do I need to use that much? Okay, so Wilt Proof is an anti-transparent, so it helps the needles sort of seal in um, so that they're not going to transpire and that moisture is just going to stay in. So you want to mix it up. It almost looks a little bit milky, almost like white glue when you spray it on. Um, what's important to that is that you spray it on thick enough that your leaves are coated. So um, it, it, the reason why you do it until it's dripping is so that it can drip into all the little crevices. If you just do a light mist, it's not going to get into all those places there. So yes, I would leave it till dripping. Um, either put it in a bathtub or right now it's warm enough, you can even do it outside. You want to do it in plus temperatures. So once it gets to negative temperatures, you don't want to do it. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's all you have to do. Let it dry. And the reason why you do that is because you don't want to put it up on your door or something like that and let it get onto your door or on your wall or anything because it is quite a sticky sub- substance. Okay. So, yeah. so you can do that somewhere warm, like maybe in a garage too. Yeah. You could spray it in a garage exactly. and let it dry up, right? That'll be perfect. It'll go outside. It's going to really, like, that's what I'm talking about with this weather we've got now is normally this time of year, you got that stuff all set up outside and it's frozen into the pot and, you know, we've got cool temperatures, so it's not... It, you know, all that moisture from those needles isn't really evaporating. Yeah, and the other thing I like to do with my greens or my wreaths is I'll take them into a bathtub or even some Rubbermaid bins and I'll soak them. And I'll soak them for about, even about four to to 12 hours. And that's going to just allow them to soak up as much moisture. Then I'll take them out, let them dry for about an hour, and then spray them with that wilt proof. Oh, okay. That so really helps too. Soak them, arrange them. Spray yes. it when it's all arranged and then let it dry and then exactly. it can go outside. Okay. All right. That's, that's a process. Good to know. one 332 8255 couple ways to join the conversation by calling us or texting us. Um, so this is one that we, you know, we talked about with warm weather a bit, Rick, is Trish in Saskatoon says, I just tuned in. Did you mention if we should water shrubs like hydrangeas and because of the warm weather, should we still be getting some water out to them right now? Uh, what you can always do, especially for your junipers and cedars, if you probe the soil with that piece of rebar, if there's moisture down there, they'll be fine. But if you find that it's dry, absolutely. Haul some pails out there if you don't want to turn your water, side water on. But haul some pails out there and give them a good um, soaking so that they'll be ready for wintertime. Because, like I said, there's, especially up against the side of a house where, you know, the temperature, you know, it might be plus 7 outside here or plus 5, but it, it probably against the house is actually plus 10. Or more, so uh, so that's why you want to make sure that those plants are hydrated, that the soil hasn't dried out, uh, especially on those conifers like the junipers and cedars, that they have enough moisture now they can get through the winter time without uh, you know using it up now and not have anything left when it gets to January and February. So you're not having to worry about waking that tree up and it actively growing with these temperatures, are you, with that water? No, the they're, 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 it takes a lot more to wake them up than this, but. Uh, but no, I mean, don't forget, in a few days, we're going to be going down to lower temperatures, so it's not going to hurt it at all. So how about non-evergreen plants? Like like this uh, the texture here, Trish asks about hydrangeas. What about those? Should we get more yeah. water on them? Yeah, especially if they're if they're dry, like I said, if they have some moisture in them, check, probe the soil. Right. And then it, basically, if they're totally dry, it would help the roots if they have a bit of moisture around them, yes. Okay. And then that'll, that moisture is probably going to get locked in here this week because we're going to see temperatures 
finally dipped down and stay down. So we'll see the ground start to finally freeze right away here. But yeah, it's probably probably extended the season for all kinds of businesses. You know, like there's not just the trees and the shrubs and the cleanup we get to do, but there's all kinds of construction that's you know still going yeah. on, things like that. It's kind of kind of wild weather this this sort of uh, sort of time of year. Uh, let's yeah, take a one, quick. Sorry, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, one of my neighbors was still putting up a retaining wall and some some interlocking bricks for a backyard patio. So yeah. it's quite amazing with the weather that's been extended quite a bit. Even the the landscape store in Saskatoon, I noticed there's still it's going. You know, there's people there's people coming in and out of that place, which yep. probably by this time of year normally that's not a lot of action happening there, but but there is right now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of. Kind of neat. And I, as far as I'm concerned, okay, so this is my own thing. I'm not a winter guy. This is just one less month of winter we had to deal with. Yes. <laughs> I'm also seeing more Christmas lights being put up on houses, too, yeah. because uh, more people, it's after Remembrance Day, but it's not cold yet. So you can get up there and actually do up it. There and so doing it. Maybe it'll be a little even a more festive this year than, <laughs> than usual. And we wanted to kind of get going with a couple of uh, topics we want to talk about. We mentioned before with stuff we'd covered with uh, the text in from Bernie about how, you know, what to do with some of those pine Bows, what to do with that wilt-proof product? But actually, I want to ask you, Jill. Do we have everything in the in the garden center now? We've got all that stuff. Yeah. So, and there's so many different varieties. Like, I I love seeing the juniper um, boughs, and they're coming in with like blueberries on them. Like, they have like these little blueberry juniper berries on them. And then there's the hemlock, which is a little bit more sticky, but it still has the, the pine. Um, sorry, the the pine look to it. Um, and then there's the silver fir, which has the nice blue undertone to it. Or the Douglas fir, which is a little bit more of a softer needle to it. Um, the white pine, so fragrant, gets your hands nice and sticky, but you can't <laughs> help not put that in there and just add some more texture. And then there's the cedars, and the cedars are some of my favorite because when you cut into them, that's when I really notice that fresh green smell. Mm-hmm. So um, always sticking some cedars, and there's one called an incense cedar, and it almost looks like it has some gold beads on the end of it. And uh, that one's a really pretty one to sort of to add into your container. And it almost looks like you've added some a touch of, of gold and a touch of shimmer to your pots too. So I usually will stick a little bit of that in there too, but yeah, they've all come. Um, if you're doing some pruning, like grabbing some dogwood branches out of your yard too, and you can use that for height, or even if you have some willow using some of that too, it, it, it dries really nicely and, uh, you can use that in your pots all through the winter. I usually will stick some of it in right now while your, your soil's not frozen mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and then get it in there. Um, but we've been using lots and lots of that. Um, even just some little sticks and twigs and stuff, sticking them in your pot just adds a lot more texture too. So yeah, people have been coming in. I was, I was a little worried. Usually, uh, the Christmas items don't start selling until the snow falls on the ground. Um, but people have been really anxious to get going this Christmas season and, and pick up their decor. And I think it's good. We can get it into the, get it into our pots now while the weather's warmer, but just keeping in mind that there's a little bit of care that goes into that while keeping it well, well, the weather's warm, right. so that uh, right. it's not going to sort of turn brown on us. Now, the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, you can go kind of full tilt yourself. What I mean is you can buy all the, the pieces, arrange it the way you want to. If you're looking for a wreath or a centerpiece or other things, there are, do we still get at Dutch Growers some of those prearranged things where it's not completely arranged, but the, the greenery is kind of on a frame, a wire frame? Yeah, so it's on a wire frame. And those pieces there is when the ones, especially when you buy it early on and want to put it up inside the house, you want to use a product called Wilt Proof on it, or you want to take it down and be able to submerge it in water every so often or mist it because 
that's just going to keep those leaves nice and fresh for you. If you don't have a way to keep it stored in water or oasis, it will be really important that you do take it down, mist it every once in a while so that those leaves can stay nice and sturdy. But you, we start getting those in and then we have them arrive weekly right up till about the first week of December. Anything after about the first week of December, um, that's when your fresh product stops coming in from our, uh, our growers and our suppliers at that point in time. So you're usually going to be sort of getting the end of the boat things and just sort of whatever's left over for the season. Right. Right. But I guess like, the point is that you can kind of go 100% all by yourself with yeah. creating something, arranging something, or you can kind of uh, take the the beginner route, if you want to call it that, where something is uh, kind of half put together and you get to do the decorating on top of it, right? So yeah. there's kind of different ways you can go with, with the live green stuff, which is good. Rick, we got uh, Christmas trees? Yeah, Christmas trees. Uh, the, just remember, a lot of people, there's going to be a bit of a shortage this year again. And uh, maybe even a little bit worse than last year. And so if you're going to get your tree, uh, get your tree early and just put it out somewhere in the shade until you, you know, you do your family tradition of putting the tree up if you do it that way. And then so long as the tree is, you know, sort of put aside and, and in the shade, though, it's so important. Don't put it up against the house or the garden shed in the sun. Put it inside the garden shed or put it on the north side of the garden shed. Or if you're going to put it inside your garage and your garage is a little bit heated, put it in a bucket of water. And uh, that'll just keep it preserved a bit and keep it hydrated so that when you bring it inside the house, it's ready to last you a long time inside the house. So what's the process when you go inside when you got to bring it inside? What do you do? Oh, make cut. You have to cut two inches off the bottom. That's so important. Uh, it's very important to do that, and uh, so that because what happens is that these trees have been cut probably for two or three weeks already, so at least. And so the pores in the bottom went from that old cut to have, have sealed up, and so if you don't make that fresh cut, then the plant won't suck water up. Right. So make that cut. Get in the water as soon as you can, so they don't seal back up again and. Uh, um, so if you're going to buy it from the from a tree lot and they, they're going to cut it for you, make sure you're going to put it up right away. If you're not going to put it up for a few days, uh, don't don't cut it at the tree lot. Cut it at home when you get home and uh, when you're ready to put the tree up, and then get it into water and keep that water in the stand for the first five days so the tree can rehydrate. It's so, so important that first five days, I mean, the whole time, right up until you take the tree down is important, but the first five days is the most important. If it even dries up once, like right to the bottom, there's nothing left, the pores could get air pockets in them in in the tree stem itself and not be able to suck water up again. So keep that water full is so important. Now there's kind of two types of tree stands, right? There's one that has, they all have like a a, a water that they hold. Some of them have a pin in the very bottom that you kind of have to sort of more or less stab the tree onto. You have to kind of force it down onto to hold it up. And some of them have a disc that you put on the tree before you even put in the stand. Now, oh, I have a story for you on that one. Yeah, Jill's got a good <laughs> Jill's got a good story about that. Yeah. And then, so if you put that disc on, or if you stick into that nail, if, especially if you got little kids, or if you got a cat or something like that, at least it'll, that pin is so important to keep that tree standing upright. Yes. And uh, that's the one important. Get a good one with a good strong pin in the bottom. That if you're going to buy a stand, that's so important. Now, so Jill, tell me, tell do, us what do we have to time to tell yeah, the story? We, we got, we got a couple minutes. Yeah. Okay. So I know, Dad, that you would probably say, Jill, this year, it's too early to put your tree up. But um, yeah. looking at our schedule, we have hockey tournaments and ringette tournaments all every weekend until Christmas. So this was the weekend to do it with the kids. So we picked up our tree yesterday, cut the, cut the bottom off. We sort of tapped it on the ground, got all those empty needles out, um, put it into the stand. Now, 
you know, the disc that's in the bottom. Well, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, I can't find any, the screws that I usually have for it. And the screws that I have are usually about, I would say about three inches, three, two to three inches long. Yep. But I did find some little screws and they were maybe about an inch long. Like they were just <laughs> little screws. And I was like, you know what? Like this is better than nothing. Right. And so I, I put them in there and uh, we get the tree up and it's, you know, it's a little bit wobbly, but I'm like, you know, it, it will be fine. Like the kid, no one's going to be touching the tree. My kids are older now. This is going to be fine. And so we're right at the end of the tree and Bo is, is up. He's standing on the back of the Chesterfield and he's putting the star on the tree and he grabs the tree and the whole tree comes down. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no. So now I have a Christmas tree. We luckily like we, we caught the tree and it never broke any ornaments or anything like that. So now I have a tree in the corner of my living room and there's two chairs propped up backwards <laughs> against the tree. <laughs> So that I need to undecorate my tree now, take it out and then re-screw the bottom of it. But you know what? I just wanted to say, I put probably my Christmas tree can hold about eight to 10 liters in that stand. It's a really big, um, water reservoir in that stand. And my tree's not that tall. My tree is maybe only about six or seven feet tall. And probably about half of that is gone this morning when I checked. So wow. it, it drank probably a good five, six liters of water last night. So uh, long story short, use the right screws. Uh, oh my goodness. Get some, get some inch and a half. When you're doing a screws. job, do it right. Because yeah. <laughs> Jill's going to have to undecorate the tree and then redecorate the tree. Oh, jeez. But uh, yeah, so pick that, pick that stand well and make sure it's secure and, and, and they're tight. But like, like you're to your point though, too, Jill, is like, yeah, keep it watered, right? Because it, it drank a whole bunch right it at the start. It drank a whole bunch, yes. Yeah. So uh, we had a text in here from uh, Jerry from uh, east of Momart, which is around Regina. Nice to hear you talk about your short winter up there, but we have had snow on the ground for the last month. (laughs) So, yes, parts of the province definitely aren't getting a short winter, but... Other parts, uh, a little bit. It's like we've been talking about kind of the whole uh, show long here. Parts of the province still have snow. Other parts are uh, brown and crispy, like where we are in Saskatoon. Uh, the show coming from from you to you from there. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird weather. But we're going to get cold here this week, or at least below zero. Um, now, Jay, I want to give one more tip here about Christmas trees, because a lot of people oh, that, sure. you know, that buy Christmas trees from a tree lot right across Saskatchewan. Yep. So when you're going through a tree lot, what you can basically do is that you, if you find trees that are basically the same size of trunk, you know, and kind of look the same height and that kind of stuff, then kind of give the tree a little lift. The ones that feel that are basically apples for apples, you know, pretty much close to the same size trunk and same height, the one that will be the heaviest is the one that has the most moisture content. Mm. Okay. And it has the most moisture content. Nine, nine times out of ten, it'll be, it'll be because it, it took up more moisture in the summertime. It was in a better spot, in a lower spot in the field or whatever. And uh, then that tree will last the longest as well. So, I mean, if you find one that has a thin trunk and one with a big trunk, it'll be a big difference just because of the amount of wood. But if you find two that are close to the same, I would always pick the one that feels heavier. And, uh, and then that way you'll know you'll have a, a good, healthy tree. Okay, perfect. Uh, this is a, a text that's come in at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. What can I do? My lilac bushes are starting to bud out right now, and this is somebody who's in Regina area. So obviously, getting enough warm weather, enough sunshine that it's causing that that plant to just sort of come back around. What do we do about that, Rick? Yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, lilacs are tough as nails. It's not their first rodeo. It's happened before, and uh, lilacs will be just fine. 
Uh, it's when you get some of the more tender plants that, that do that, uh, like your hydrangeas or your, you know, your rhododendrons. Those are the ones that more, I'm more worried about. But your lilacs, uh, those buds will be tough enough. They'll be able to handle it, no problem. Okay, we're going to go to one more text here. Jeanette in Regina. Uh, oh, sorry, this is uh, Donna, who's in Saskatoon. Is it too late to trim mugo pines today? Yeah, mugo pines. The only problem with mugo pines is you can trim them. Uh, they're not as bad, but they will tend to bleed a bit on the tips when in the spring, in basically the end of April. They will bleed for about, about a week or so. Uh, so I like doing mugo pines. I like doing either when the new candles come up, or I like doing give them a trimming in July and August. Uh, that's actually better for mugo pines. But if you need to do some trimming because they're, you know, they're hanging over top of the sidewalk or something like that, it's not going to hurt them. Uh, you can trim them, not a problem. Okay. one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Jeanette says in Regina, why are my diplodinia leaves turning yellow and falling off? There's no bugs. Yeah, that's normal. It's usually from the change of light. So moving them from outside to inside, throw some grow lights on them. And then also really watch your watering. Um, it is normal for them to go through a little bit of a dormant period where you'll see about a third to half the leaves drop on them. That's completely normal. Decrease your watering just a little bit when you bring it indoors. But if you want to keep it up and growing and producing that new growth, you do need to add supplement light of a grow light to your plant. Okay. That kind of takes us into the next kind of the conversation we wanted to talk about, which is uh, some of those other indoor plants that, that are are part of our Christmas celebrations this time of year that are, you know, coming up. So we've got, you know, everything from what, what poinsettias, there's those little, uh, little pines that we turn into Grinch trees, cypress trees, cypress trees I guess they're called, right? This, and yeah, so many so other. The poinsettias, the cypress, the um, zygo or the Christmas cactuses. We have some winter berries, which are really cute. They're like little, little round shrubs and they got little red berries on them. Um, we have um, this really cute, it's actually in the um, Euphorbia family, but it actually looks like um, crystals that are coming up almost like coral and they're a silver color. So that's a new plant oh, Christmas neat. plant for us this year. Plus amaryllis bulbs, right? That's a, this Amaryllis time. bulbs and you can get them either just as the bulb or you can get them waxed so you don't even have to um, have to do anything with them. You just sort of put them up. Those are great for teachers' gifts inside their classrooms because they can just ha- literally have them sitting on a desk. Um, doesn't even need to be near a window and they can just kind of watch them grow throughout the season. So by Christmas time, um, the kids can watch this bulb from the start all the way until when it blooms, mm-hmm. when, they, when they take off for, for, sure. for the end of school. Um, a little history, poinsettias uh, are one of those plants that is the flower of, in December. So it's the birth flower of December. Um, poinsettias are said to bring good cheer and success. So that's kind of like the why people have started putting them in their homes. They actually used to use poinsettias to dye clothes and to make makeup out of. Um, back with, the, with the red. With the red. Okay. Um, so that's back. And then also if you... If you go down to places like Mexico and California, poinsettias get up into trees and bushes up to 12 feet tall. So like oh. they are a plant that like is a, is a shrub, but we're using it in the home. So what to look for when you're looking for the perfect poinsettia? Um, you want to look for a poinsettia that maybe has, um, some leaves that are starting to turn red on the top. That means that it's gone through its process of dark and light to make it turn color, but it doesn't necessarily matter if all of those leaves have turned, turned red yet. So. You want to make sure you have some turning red. Now, those are actually called, those are leaves or the bracts of the plants. The flowers on the plant are actually the little yellow balls in the center. And uh, those will usually be nice and tight yellow balls. Once they start opening up, you'll start to see a little bit of a, a red tinge to them mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's when the point set is finishing towards their end of their bloom. So if you look at that and you see those yellow balls nice and tight, that means that your poinsettia is nice and new and fresh. 
Um, the other thing too is poinsettias give off ethanol gas. So a lot of times our poinsettias will be wrapped up nice and tight in the winter time and, and you give them as a gift that way. Or you might even have them in your home and you pick them up from the store. Maybe you're not giving it for a couple days. It's important to open it up and let that ethanol gas out because otherwise that poinsettia is going to start dropping leaves because of it. Right. The other thing too is sometimes we'll have it in, it will be a nice pot or a decorative sleeve that goes up around the edges. Well, that's going to also trap that ethanol gas in there and you're going to find you're going to get leaf drop around the edges of it. So if you um, take it out of there or repot it into a, a take it out of that container or even bring down the edges of that um, decorative sleeve, you're going to have a lot less leaf drop that way. Right. A couple of things that come to my mind uh, with, with uh, poinsettias specifically is... Number one, transportation. Number two, watering. Yes. So I know we got like warm weather today around lots of Saskatchewan, but we're going to see some colder temperatures. And it's really important whether you're picking your, up your poinsettia at a garden center or it's uh, a big box store or a grocery store. There's lots of places to get them. Is that you're really careful with how you transport that thing back home, right? Yeah. And that's really important. A lot of places might have, if you go to a garden center, they'll have proper wrapping supplies. But if you go to a big box store, they won't. So you want to make sure you bring the proper wrapping supplies. And a lot of grocery stores or places, they allow you to bring in outdoor stuff to sort of bring your own bag or whatever. But an insulated shopping bag would be a great idea to throw your poinsettia in. I've even some, seen some people bring a Rubbermaid container and then they sort of seal their poinsettia into the Rubbermaid container. Um, but if it's zero degrees or zero degrees and lower, you want to make sure at least you have some paper on the outside of it. And if you if it's below about minus five, minus ten, you want to do paper and then plastic. Now I see a lot of people go through the grocery store and they'll just throw plastic. All that is doing is protecting it from the wind. It actually will um, make the plant colder inside. So when you get it out, get it to your car, it's actually going to be frozen. And you're not going to see it right away, but in the next two days afterwards, you're going to see the leaves starting to turn black and then also get a lot really crispy. And at that point in time, you can do some pruning and stuff like that, but you've damaged the leaves. The, the thing is, we associate these plants with our Christmas and our winter, right? Yes. But really, they are, like you said, from Mexico, they are tropical plants. They're tropical. So it's hard to imagine, but it's very true, that just hitting the cold air below zero... For seconds. For seconds can damage that plant really, really quickly. The cells just burst on it. They do. They do. They're just not tough enough for that sort of thing. So, so be really careful when you're transporting them. And then the other thing you talked about that, that hat that's on the bottom of them, right? I mean, we know that if we, if we take a poinsettia and you water it and that water just sits in that tinfoil you know, uh, yeah. covering, you can drown these plants very fast yeah. too. We, we say that the sit, their feet do not like to be wet is what we say. So that's like their roots. They don't like to be wet. So that those hats are actually detrimental to the plant because they'll sit in that water. Mm-hmm. Now, th- that might be a great idea if, when you, if you're trying to rehydrate a plant, but then you want to take that hat off and dump any excess water out of there. So make sure like right after you water them about like maybe 10, 15 minutes, lift that hat off, dump the excess water in so it's not sitting in a bowl of water. I find it's really easy to just take the thing out of the, the tin foil. I put it in the sink. Yeah. I water it. I let it sit for half an hour. I come back. It's All the soil is nice and moist, mm-hmm. but all the excess water has drained out the holes that are in the plastic pot. Yeah. I put it back into the tin foil hat and put it back on the shelf or the corner or wherever it was. So I just water in the sink. And that way you never run into that problem of too much water sitting in that hat. The other thing that I get to is remember where these plants are native to, California, Mexico, those places. So a lot of people will say, my plant's not doing so well. I'll be like, oh, what's your watering routine? Well, I just like daily I go through and I just give it a cup of water in the morning. 
only water them when they feel dry to the touch. So stick your finger into that soil and give them a drink of water when they feel dry to the touch. That you need to make sure you do that. If you keep them moist all the time, those roots are going to rot. You're going to have a beautiful looking plant for about a week or two, and then after that, it's going to start looking bad. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because they are they are kind of picky plants. They are and they aren't. They're they're picky plants if you overcare for them. Right, right. So if that's if that's if it's kind of beyond what you want to do, just buy a plastic one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 Jay. <laughs> but then, but then also remember, you know, I have people saying that it was dry to the touch, and they put a cup of water in. Well, a cup of water in a in a in a six or eight inch or twelve inch pot is not going to be enough. So yes. that's why Jay, when you said take it over to the sink, you know, soak it thoroughly so the water comes out the bottom of the pot. Yep. And then you can put let it let it drip dry for a while, then put it back into your sleeve, and then then don't water it again until it feels dry to the touch again. Yeah. Exactly, Rick. You think of how big that plant is, and then it's in a pot that's six to eight inches in diameter. Yep. There's so many roots in that pot. Uh, we wanted to kind of touch a bit more about some of those other plants that we've got going in the greenhouse right now, things like that. Where are we starting with? Well, let's start with a Christmas cactus. Yeah. I, I love Christmas cactuses. They're usually a plant that gets handed down from generation to generation. I have so many people come in and say, I have this beautiful Christmas cactus. My grandmother just gave it to me and it used to be her grandmother's. Please tell me how to care for it because I do not want to kill it. Yeah. And uh, usually it's in like about a 10 to 15 inch container and it's nice and big. So there's a few things that you can do. And I'll usually tell somebody who's just got a plant like that. I'll teach them how to take a cutting off of it, number one, because if something does happen to the mother plant, which eventually over time it is going to deteriorate, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they have started some new babies which are sedimental off of that plant. And the other fun thing too is there's usually other people in the family that may want a piece of this plant too. So you would just cut little pieces off your Christmas cactus, stick them into soil or water, let them germinate almost like you would a succulent. And then uh, and then you can, once they've rooted, then you can plant them into the soil, keep the soil moist, and then they will bloom in about two to three years. Um, Christmas cactuses usually don't bloom very much in the off season, but they'll start blooming once our light changes. So they like the stress to get them to bloom. So if people are having trouble getting their Christmas cactus to bloom, I'll say let's stress it out a little bit. So different ways that you can stress it is by changing the temperature in your area. So if you have a little bit of a cooler room, put it in a little bit of a cooler room for a couple days and then bring it back into the warm room. Mm -hmm. Just that little bit of a shock or reset. Change your watering habits. Let your plant dry out a little bit and then get it to bloom um, by by continuing with your stability of watering the way you would normally do it. Reason why stress sometimes helps a plant is in their life cycle, a plant is cycle is to grow, produce flowers, which in turn produce seed and then sort of die and then die off. The next generation the starts. The right. next generation starts. So if you can stress that plant, it sort of says, oh, shoot, I'm going to die. I need to reproduce. And then that's when you start getting those blooms. So, um, and then also when you're, when the plant is in full bloom, you don't want to be fertilizing it as much because those, then you're going to speed up that process. Mm. So I usually will fertilize it when it's not blooming. And then as soon as I start seeing those buds come on, I'll slow down on my fertilizer and I'll stop in the blooming period of the fertilizing. Right. There's some pretty, some pretty neat uh, colors actually with, with uh, Christmas cactus. I mean, you can get white. White, white red. with a little bit of a pink in right. tone There's to it. like kind of some coral sort of stuff. There's red, hot red. There's like really hot pink you can get with some of these too. I've seen those. Those are, aren't as common, but like yeah. there's some really amazing like And if you're lucky, pink. you'll find a yellow Christmas Christmas cactus. Oh, they're too. really hard. I haven't been able to find one for a couple of years, but every once in a while one pops in the sky. Yeah. So they're kind of they're kind of neat that way too. Yeah. Yeah. 18773328255. Cool. What else do we want to cover? 
Um, I think one thing we'll cover first is uh, the cypress trees, those little Grinch trees that mm-hmm. you see or the mini Christmas trees. Those are a great um, gift to give somebody who maybe has a small space. Maybe you're wanting to set a Christmas tree up in a bedroom or even at a care home. A lot of times they won't allow a cut, cut Christmas tree due to fire reasons or anything like that. Right, right. But those trees are perfect. Now, one thing with those is they like to stay moist. If you allow them to dry out, they'll go crispy. So you want those, those are one of the ones that you want to stick your finger into that soil and make sure you keep it watered well. Right. So it's not wait until it's dry. It's no, keep it moist. Keep it moist. And the other thing too is I sometimes will put a tray underneath, a pebble tray, and allow the humidity to come up around it. Our homes are so, so dry in the wintertime. So that will help it as well too. And then take that plant, care for it through the winter, and then put it into your containers in the summer, spring and summer season. That cypress color looks great in a, with a shade container with some, maybe some New Guinea impatience. Well, cause so, it's so lime green, right? So lime green. There's so many great bright hot pink colors that you can put against it that will add some great contrast. So, so you were doing some reading, Jill, and and we're going to bring Rick into this too. But uh, that you know, the University of Saskatchewan is talking about protecting your plants, uh, especially you know evergreen stuff from the critters this year, right? Yeah, Rick, do you want to touch a little bit of maybe on they were they were talking about mice and rabbit damage. Do you want to talk yeah. about how to cover yeah. your plants for that? They have a good article. Uh, the University of Saskatchewan puts great articles out, so you can always check them out on Facebook and those kind of things. Either the the horticulture societies have links to them as well, and so. But yeah, there. The last couple of years, we've had a lot of problems with with deer and both rabbits and both bulls eating the trunks. And you can just put a a plastic guard. It's called a tree guard or a tree wrap, which is a, a like a corrugated white. And the white is a better color to use because it reflects the sun. And just to protect the trunk, especially if you've got a, a fruit tree or a flowering crab or mountain ash or an oak tree, those are the trees that, that have a, more of a sweeter bark to them, and, and that's what is basically dessert. <laughs> so, and so that's why you want to make sure that you, you protect them so that you don't wake up in the spring and find, uh-oh. You know, I, we hear that on the show so much that uh, people say that, you know, three-quarters or all of the ring of bark of the tree has been eaten off underneath the snow, and then, of course, the tree is dead at that point in time. It's not going to come back. So uh, so make sure that you protect those trees. It's very easy to do right now when there's no snow because that's when they eat them is, is either when the rabbits will eat at, right at the snow level, just above it, or otherwise the mice will be underneath the snow and eating them. So it's very easy to protect them right now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crucial. Uh, you know, making sure that's going on. We always talk about snap traps too. That if it's mice and, and that sort of thing around, you know, I there's bait stations you can buy. Snap traps inside a box work yep. to kind of yep. keep the numbers down around outside with that sort of thing. Well, you know what? We'd love to talk more, but that's pretty much it for the show today. Oh wow, that we're, went fast. Went really quick. <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll be back same time, same place next weekend. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. And thanks for listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.